Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Mike Malatesta, who is an author, inventor, and the host of the How'd It Happen podcast. Mike, my friend, how are you today? What is happening in your world? I am I am unbelievable. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm I'm on the road. I'm in North Carolina. My 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 youngest daughter is graduating from um master's program at high point university and so we're excited to see her tomorrow and um yeah really cool so i'm doing great it's amazing man congratulations for those who don't know you tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today sure yeah i'll um so i identify as an entrepreneur michael so i'll kind of go down that track and then if you want to go somewhere else we can go anywhere you'd like um when I was four years old, my parents lived across the street from a construction company. And in the afternoons, in the summer times, I would sit on the curb outside of our house and I would watch the the guys bring their trucks back, their dump trucks and their low boys and their equipment and all that. And I just was so uh, just into that environment. I love the, the sound and the, 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 the smells and the dust and and the guys. I thought everything about it was really cool. And, you know, as a four-year-old, I, I didn't know what to make of that, I suppose. But I feel like there was an entrepreneurial seed planted in me on that curb when I was four. And then, like a lot of things in life, it, it went dormant for a long time. Um, you know, grade school, high school, and beginnings of college, I, I just wasn't thinking about starting a business or even, you know, just other stuff got in, got in the way. And when I, um, was a junior in college, Michael, um, I got a job in the summertime driving a garbage truck in Philadelphia, which is where I'm originally from. And, um, man, that just kind of like got me, you know, back into trucks and back into this sort of idea of, um, 
doing something cool with trucks in my in my life and and it also introduced me to i think the first entrepreneur that i really had ever met i mean my dad was like a like a side hustle guy uh you know cutting grass and doing stuff for old ladies around their house and stuff but um but this guy bill eels was his name i mean he really had something amazing to me i thought you know this big trash company and um so i got i just got really uh enamored with the business and i went to bill and i asked him for career advice because i'd be graduating in a year or so and i thought well maybe this is a career path for me and and he um he said to me look you know this is a family business i really don't have any room for college graduates but he steered me in the direction of bigger companies. He said, I think you should go go talk to the bigger companies, try to get a job as a salesperson or a management trainee. And, you know, I went back and I was like, okay, that makes sense. And so um, when it was the proper time near graduation, I started applying and I got I got a job as a management trainee at a, at a large uh, trash company. And I loved it. And I was doing great. You know, I, I, Two weeks after college, I was driving to uh, Detroit, Michigan, where I would, where, which was my first assignment, and and after that, I moved, you know, four different times to different states. Always in my mind, thinking, whenever anybody asked me to do something, I would say yes. And the last move I made was to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin for a uh, a divisional vice president's job or a district manager same thing they called it and you know, I was 25 when I got the assignment and I was the youngest uh, uh person in that role in the company as far as I knew and I was just on top of the world and I I just wanted to do the best job I could and I thought I was doing a great job <clears throat> and then on St. Patrick's Day 1992 which was about uh, 15 months after I'd arrived there, my boss called me and he said, hey, I want to come up and talk to you this afternoon. And I said, sure. He he was in Chicago, so it's two hours away or so. And I said, sure, I'll be here. And uh, And he came up that afternoon and he fired me. And I was, you know, I was, I was, I didn't. I, I don't know if devastated. Maybe that's too strong of a word. But I was hurt. Let's put it that way. And I didn't know what to do. And um, my first reaction was, you know, I, I got to get another job. And so I started applying for other jobs, and I did get another job. And 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 I thought, okay, well, here's my rebound. You know, I got this other job, and I I was there for thirty days. And I had to quit, Michael, because the person that I interviewed with, who was the entrepreneur, the the guy running the business, I really got along with. I thought this is going to be great working for this guy. But it turned out that when I ended ended up there, when I got to work, I got assigned to um, what I'll call his right hand man. And his right hand man didn't see me as a as someone helpful to the business. I think he saw me as a threat to the business, and he just made my life. Um, not pleasant to be there and uh and the last straw was uh i came to work and he had emptied all the we we were working out of an office trailer i mean this wasn't fancy stuff or anything but he had emptied all the 
all the file drawers and stuff all over the floor and 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 stuff was blowing outside the door and he told me I had to go pick them all up, put them back. And I did it. I went and I picked them all up and I put it back, but then I called the, you know, the guy who hired me and I said, "Jimmy, I just I just can't do this anymore with this guy." And so by that time, I'd been fired and and then quit within like 60 days, two jobs, and I felt like a real loser. Um because at that time I was I mean, I was new I was newly married as well, Michael, but I was placing a lot of my worth on what I could do at work. And a short time after that, a guy named Butch Weiss came along and I knew Butch just a little bit because like I said, I'd only been in the, in the area 15 months and Butch and I had worked together briefly, but I didn't know him. And he said to me, he had me over to his house and he said, you know what, Mike, um, if you ever have thoughts about uh, or, or want to start a business, I would love to do something with you. And this was weird because like, as I mentioned, I didn't really know Butch, but um, but beyond that, he was, you know, 15 years older than I was. He was a very hardworking man with four children, a house, a wife. I mean, he had obligations and he, you know, had this conversation with me and he was basically willing to roll the dice on a partnership with me. And I would just, I was, I guess I was dumbfounded by it at first, but then I was like, wow, maybe, maybe I do have something that's worth something you know maybe i maybe somebody sees something in me that um that i wasn't seeing at the time for sure and ironically uh butch spent almost most of his life um uh, on the family farm and they had lost the farm probably five or six years maybe a little bit longer before i had met him and you know i remembered back to when i was sitting on that curb when i had this notion that um, you know, I had this seed planted in me and here comes this farmer that I barely knew who knew how to, knew how to fertilize it or water it or nourish that seed or whatever. And it sprouted and Butch and I became partners and we started our first waste, uh, management company, um, in 19, at the beginning, or end of 1992 when I was 26. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. You know, the, the thing that comes to mind in that is, you know, we, we often have these ideas about who we're supposed to be, right? Mm. You're in this position, you're looking at life, you're going down this path of doing the thing that everyone says you're supposed to do. And, and then there's that moment and, 
And what comes to mind is, you know, when I was probably about the same age you made that decision of quitting, I was working for a Fortune 10 company, right? I was, which is improbable considering my background, right? Right. No high school diploma, no college education. It's almost impossible. And yet there I was looking at life and going, I'm wearing fucking khakis. I hate this. And showing up every day for years, doing the things that everybody always told me to do. What what was going through your head in those moments where you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this? Um, <laughs> I th- you, so working for that guy, I call him Don the Dick. That's my that's my my pet name for this guy. And um, you know. It, I just kept thinking, you know, I just kept thinking it was a 30 day period. Right. But I kept thinking to myself, I can prove to this guy that I'm not that I'm a an ally, you know, that I'm not a a threat to him. And I I just. You know, it was like it was like. It wasn't like I saw him as the problem. It was like I saw me as the problem for the first couple of weeks. Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I? Um, and then ultimately, I think, he, I mean, he taught me one of the best lessons in life. One, you know, always bet on yourself. Two, when you come up, when you come across someone who um, appears to be, you know, a big jerk, um, there's probably something going on in their life that's making them that way. But I, there's nothing I can do to solve that. So I just, I just want to get away from that. It's like, they're actually doing me a favor by being that way because um, it, you know, it's a good clue for me. Like, okay, I need to get away from somebody as opposed to someone who's sort of a jerk behind your back, Michael, but not it to your face. And so it takes a little longer for you to figure that out in a lot of cases. Um, so I think it's, I think it's the meeting him and working with him has, has definitely helped me in those two things. And I mean, I owe the, the guy a debt of gratitude if he hadn't been the way he was maybe I'd still be working there and maybe I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with Butch and work with hundreds of people since then to build, you know, a couple of, 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 uh, you know, pretty significant, uh, companies that have, that have fortunately done okay. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot there. There's a lot with that, with that guy. Yeah. And and I think about that a lot, man. I'm like, you know, if not for some of these terrible people in my life, respectively, um, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to be the person I am. And I I think, unfortunately, one of the things that happens is we get so tied into what these other people think we should be that we forget that we can be us. I mean, you you talked about, you know, you said you learned to bet on yourself. And and, and that's like, honestly, dude, the the crux of this show. That's what this is about. All of Think Unbroken is entirety, top to bottom, the books, the speaking, podcasts, like whatever. It's about giving people that permission to recognize, like, you can do this. I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. going to be easy, but, like, you have the opportunity here. And and my, my fear is so many people just get stuck and they fail to realize how incredible it is once you're willing to cross that chasm. So as you're in this and you're trying to, I would imagine that must have just screwed with your head so badly, right? Yeah, I, I, um, so for a, while it was happening, you know, I first the firing and then this, I like I, I mentioned earlier, I felt 
like a loser, but I also had a lot of shame and I don't, and I don't know why, but I felt like, have you ever felt like this where you're walking around with these things going on in your head and you think that everyone around you knows what's going on in your head and is making a judgment about you because of what you know um, and how you're feeling. So it's almost like, so I'm feeling this shame. I'm feeling like a loser. And everywhere I look, I'm seeing people, you know, look at me and I'm thinking they know, you know, they know. And um, I'll tell you that, that, that took me, that took me a long time to get, to get through. And some days I'm not actually sure that I'm through it. I think I'm pretty well through it, but I some days are a challenge, right? Cause I'm, I can get up in my head about stuff. And those two things have been, um, uh, I I'd say, um, amplified, amplified by the fact that, you know, after I started, um, the first business, we were a couple years in, um, I got a call from an FBI agent, Michael, and he wanted to talk to me about some of the activities that were happening at the company, the big company I was working at before I got fired. And that was a, that was a holy crap moment. And that, that first phone call ended up to be like a six year ordeal, um, you know, going through uh, personally and professionally um, the, the, uh, you know, an FBI investigation, an indictment, and ultimately a conviction for things we were doing that weren't quite right at that, at that former company. So here I'd started my own business and, you know, I'm partnered with Butch and we're going along and I get this call and then, man, the next six years of my life are what's going to happen. Um, what are people going to think who, you know, all of these things that had nothing to do with what was happening now, you know, in the business. And it was just a very, so, so I always had those things in the back of my mind. And, and again, as I said, I, I, I kind of always thought that whomever I ran into knew what was in my mind and they were looking at me and going, you know, shaking their heads sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. fascinating when you, and uh, and my thought, you know, being very deeply into this work and trying to figure out who I am and going through this whole process. It's like, dude, I don't know that there's a day that goes by where for a millisecond that idea about the past me doesn't pop up, right? That there yeah. is some sense of like the shame and the guilt and the, the judgment of self for the actions that I did, you know, 15 fucking years ago. And it's like when I was a, a psycho and a monster, and, right, right, and I, right. And I look at it now and I go, yeah, but you know what? You can't be who you are today without that. And there's this feeling of this this massive need that I have to remind myself to just like let go. Yeah. But you know, um, such an easy thing to to say, like, you know, I am, you know, the 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 summation of all of my experiences. And so that's a good thing. So it's an easy, that's like, for me, at least, that's an easy thing to say. And I can even believe it sometimes. And I'm talking in the past because now I think I believe it more often than I ever did. But, um, but man, it can, it, 
that can be fleeting. Like I could be feeling good and I could be not thinking about it at all. And then somebody says something, maybe completely innocent, but it reminds me, fucking, I'm like, what do they know? You know? Um, and really it took me to, to the point where I wrote my book and I, and I needed to explore that part of my story um, to get free, you know, from it. Like now I can, I feel almost most of the time, a hundred percent free because I, I say, well, it's all out there. So yeah, I'm just going to assume, you know, cause it's out there and I'm not hiding or not that I was hiding, but it just, it just, I'm no longer wondering whether, you know, and whether you're making a judgment about me because of it, because I, it's, it's out there and it is. And, and I've been able to, to, to get to that point where I say something like what you were saying, you know, I mean, things happen to me. A lot of things happen to me, right? I'm 56 years old. A lot of things have happened to me. Um, some of them I would love to have on a billboard and some of them I don't really want to have on a billboard, but they're me and there's lessons for me to learn <clears throat> from sharing them. And I think there's lessons for other people to learn from sharing them as well. Yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. One of the things that came to mind, I I used to have this nightmare. It was this reoccurring nightmare that I was in this log cabin and I had to go to the grocery store with my mother. And then Freddy Krueger came, you know, from Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and killed everyone except me. And I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs. And dude, this nightmare used to haunt me. I mean, I must have had it every single day for 15 years like it was crippling and one day i'm watching this movie and i to the life of me i can't remember the name of the movie it drives me crazy and he goes you know when you talk about your nightmares they lose power and i remember mm -hmm. that being this really provocative moment of my life this was probably seven or eight years ago um, and thinking to myself, huh, do you get your power back by speaking your truth? And it, and it, part of it actually became a catalyst for like where I'm at today was just recognizing like, wait a second, maybe I don't have to keep this in. Maybe I can share it. When, when you were in the process and you're like writing this book, you're going through this journey, you're, you're sharing your truth, like. I recognize that for many people, and I include myself in this, there's a catharsis in that, there's a healing in that, but there, there's also a bit of terror in that, right? Oh my and, gosh. And yeah. so talk about that journey, because I, I think it's really important. And I think it's missed and like swept over in this space so often when we don't talk about what it was actually like. Well, um, yeah. Well, first thing I'll say is I didn't want to do it. Um, I could have, I could have, and I was on the path to easily, I could have easily written a book that skipped all over that stuff. Like I have enough other things that people would have not missed it because they wouldn't have known, known, known it. But, um, but it was such a, it had, you know, and that, that one particular experience had such a profound impact on me in a lot of different ways. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show 
but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. That I didn't think, and I wanted to move past it. Right. I, I want it like in, in my mind. I mean, uh, uh, in real life, I had moved past it for sure. But in my mind, I had not moved past it and I wanted to move past it. And so um, I actually, you know, started down one path with the book that would have would have not included that. And I went down another um that did, and it was a very difficult decision. And I wondered, not just when I was writing the drafts for it, but you know, as we're getting closer and closer to you know putting a lock on the book, whether I had made the right decision. And I didn't let anybody read it until the editor um, uh, read it. Like my family, my wife, no, I didn't let anybody read it. This was just something that I, because I thought if they read it, they might tell me not to do it. And I, and, and, and I was already telling myself not to do it. So I think I thought like if someone else told me not to do it, I might not do it. And, um, what was interesting is when I, when I did it with, you know, when the editor did it, um, you know, the feedback I got from her was, well, this is thing, but I think there's something more here. So she actually wanted me to go deeper and tell more of it than I was willing to tell. And not just with that story, but a few others, but with that, but with this one in particular that we're talking about. And I was frightened, uh, frightened by that. Uh, but I did it. And, and I think it, I think it, it made it better. Um, and it made me better too. Um, it's, it's weird. Cause as I'm talking to you, thinking about it, it's like, Man, there were a lot of chance. There were a lot of opportunities to take what I call the easy route and or the less painful route, <clears throat> or at least the seemingly less painful route. But uh, but I'm really happy that I went the way it did because, yeah, you said you know if you talk about your nightmares, you you take away their power or something like that. And that's ex when you said that, I was like, man, that's how I should talk about this because that is exactly what happened. I wanted that power to be taken away, and I wasn't strong enough to take it away without telling it, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thought. I, I don't, I, I've, I've sat and contemplated this a lot, right? Because I, you know, I look at my life, obviously, you know, my story, we've connected before and everyone on this show knows my story. And it's like, the more I kept it secret, man, the more it was just burning down everything around me. You know, I, in my first book, I wrote this line, I was like, it was like standing inside of a house that I had set on fire mm. just constantly. And it wasn't until stepping into and just being like, man, fuck, all right, just do it. Right. It was like this weird, it was like this weird sensation of like standing on the edge of the diving board going, all right, I'm going to go in. I'm going to do this because if I don't, I don't know what else to do. And, and in some aspect, like, 
being willing to even go to therapy and get coaching and step into this journey was like desperation. Cause like, mm -hmm. I was, I was like, what else do you do from this point? When, and, and I love what you said about not showing it to your family and not asking their opinion, because like, the truth is they probably would have told you not to do it. Right. And I, I, I think, think that's so. a, and I think that's a truth that we face so frequently in our lives is, you know, the more people's who opinion come into our lives, the more it muddies the water, we lose clarity, we lose traction, we lose the ability to figure out who we are through, I mean, unfortunately, like the, the truth about it is through, through the data we learn through making mistakes. And, you know, you had to go through that to be where you are today. W when you think about, you know, that process and stepping into it, was it just writing the book that became cathartic for you? Or were there other elements of this journey that, that helped like position you to step into where you are today? Yeah, I think there definitely were other elements. One was time. You know, I had let, um, <clears throat> you know, 12, no, 12, 20, 20 plus years of distance. You had mentioned 15, 20 plus years of distance between when it was, when I call it, you know, finalized and when I wrote about it. Um and I, as I mentioned, I struggled with it during that whole time, but I also, I think, came to um, feel like it less and less like it could really hurt me if I shared it. Um, so that was one. Two, you know, I had, um, I had had a decent amount of success in business, in business, and I had sold two businesses that I. Well, I hadn't sold the second one yet, but I was, you know, I had, I had, I guess I had established a lot of credibility and I had a lot of trust in the bank with a lot of people, so to speak, that I felt better about it now because I didn't think that it would have adverse consequences to me or as adverse as I thought it might if I had shared it. Uh, earlier. And I think the other thing is that I had, um, I think that I had, I had built a life, Michael, that, um, that w wasn't, um, well, it wasn't demonstrative of what, if you just read about, you know, what, what me and, and the other people who were involved with me went through, I'd build a life that was sort of contrary to what you would have thought if you read that. In other words, I, I had been very intentional about being the person who I really am. And, and I think that um, made it a little easier to, to finally write about it too, because I thought people would understand, at least people who knew me and people who didn't know me would probably understand because that's it's a story that's 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 likely to be well understood i guess with all the context in the book and stuff you talked about like building your life and having clarity on that and you know i, I think one of the areas people get most often stuck is being just trapped in that experience of 
this must be who I am because I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, people get trapped so, so often and man, my one fuck up, this is who I am forever. Yeah. How were you able to craft and create your life? Like, like, what did that look like? Did you sit down and just be like, okay, cool. I totally screwed up. Life's a freaking disaster. Let me see if I can fix this. Or, or was it like, where does the shift come is I guess where I'm getting at because you know, when I, I think about these rock bottom moments, we get just so inundated with it, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy because, um, the, the whole time I was str let's, let's say struggling with this, um, I, there was no one on the, on the, on the outside who was giving me a reason to, um, but I thought everybody was thinking about it the same way I was. The fact was, the real fact was nobody thought about it at all, you know, except for me, nobody was thinking about it at all. And so, um, I think I, and I think one of the big, I think one of the biggest things was that um, you know, I, I, I made some, some poor choices, um, as did my, my colleagues and, and we justified it and we talked ourselves into why it was okay and all of this stuff. And, um, but when I really looked at it, even though I made those poor choices, I didn't, I was still a good human being, you know, if that, if, if, if that makes sense, like I was a, still a good human being. I remember a guy wrote something about me that stuck with me. You know, he said, he, he, he said, Mike's the kind of guy that I would trust all of my money and my whole family with. And I was like, wow. Okay. That's a weird thing to say about somebody. If you just look at sort of that one event in my life, Michael, right. That's a weird thing for somebody to say. But, but when he said that, I thought, Okay, so I have been doing a lot of the right things. The real me, who I am, uh, is shining through in a way that I was maybe, um, you know, questioning too much in my in my in my own head. Um, so yeah, I I think, um, I mean, I, I guess I finally came to the point where I said. I think some there's something to learn from this story as opposed to that um I have something to hide from this story if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No that that actually resonates a ton with me. Did you was there any aspect of like the word that the thought that came to mind as you were sharing that just now was I wonder if he was scared when he was figuring out who he was. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was scared a lot. Yeah. I was scared about what people would think of me. And then, you know, it's so weird because everybody that sort of knows anything now will say, don't care what people think of you, do your own thing, march to your own drummer and all that stuff. And then, and, and really, I don't think many people can do that. I think people care what people think. Um, it's how you get past caring about what people think that I think is the power. Um, you know, not caring at all about what somebody thinks. Uh, first of all, I think I think a lot of people who say that are probably, you know, the most scared of what people think of them. 
but they're also maybe completely deftone to things they shouldn't be um, because other what other people think um, it does have a bearing on you and sometimes it has a good it has a good bearing it, it's the it's the it's the matrix that you're able to put it through and and continue to move forward that I think is the most important and I had to develop that over a a pretty long period of time but but I will say that it's you know I had this going on but it wasn't like every day I was like crushed by it that wasn't the case I could go long periods of time and never think about it but then there'd be that one thing like I'd read something or someone would say something or I would hear someone mention something and I would be like oh crap and then I was back down you know wallowing in it for a period of time until I could you know talk myself out of it or just have enough time pass between when I heard it and then I was back you know just doing my thing so um but it's like so it was like a, a chronic not acute thing most of the time it would have acuteness every so often and that would prolong the chronicness i think if that's if that makes any sense yeah no it makes a lot of sense and i i was i think like i tell people all the time i do not care what people think about me but mm -hmm. that is filtered through this understanding that i i've come to recognize about the only way i believe that that works is when you can go and look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with the choices you've made and and I, I think where people so often get caught up, and this is where I used to get caught up, because the only thing I ever cared about was what people thought about. Yeah. And and when I discovered actually it's really about, you know, what are your values? What are your personal boundaries? What's your personal mission and motto? And when you can kind of like congeal those things all together, it it actually helps you put up this incredible filter. But I, I agree with you. I think there are a lot of people running around saying, I don't care about opinions of other people. And yet they're like burning their house down, i.e. me 12, 13 years ago. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's a good point because you, you clearly you think about what people you respect think about you. <laughs> like that's like how we live. For sure. Right. We're trying to. So so clearly you think about that. If you think about nothing else, you definitely think about that. Like I've heard you talk about uh, Grant Cardone and some others. Um, I think, you know, I think you care how, and I'm just using his name just because I remember it, but, you know, pretty sure you care how he thinks about you. Um, your business partners, you care how they think about you. Your family, you care how your family thinks about you. Um, or at least you do if you're enlightened enough to know that you're imperfect. Right? And sometimes they're going to think things and share things about you that you don't see that are relevant um, and appropriate. Yeah. And you should shut up and listen when that happens. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I think you're, look, dude, I think you're spot on because, you know, I, I do, I care tremendously about the opinions of the people who I have invested my time, effort, energy, and money into, right? Strangers on the street who are like, I hate your tattoos or your nose ring or the gold chain you wear. I'm like, I could care fucking less. Does not yeah. matter to me. You know, I was, at, I was at a Tony Robbins event when I, I had taken my little brothers back in November. And one of them pointed out something followed then proceeded by the partner I was with. And they were like, dude, you're like 
bothering hovering over them. And I was like, holy fuck, you're right. Why? Well, because I had to protect them to the best of my ability as a kid. And I was like, oh shit, wait a second. They're like fucking 30 years old. They can take care of themselves. And it was like, if I would not have had the willingness to your term and light to be enlightened, to understand who I am, I would have just thrown that to the side. But instead, because I was able to address it, I actually feel like our relationships are stronger than they've ever been before. Good point. Because I yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> nice story. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> right? Mike, as, as you're going and you look at your life and you look at the, the transformation yeah. that you've been able to make and, and really kind of the impact you've been able to have on people's lives, especially... Where did this place of stepping into being of service to people come from? You know, I, I think people don't truly understand how incredibly difficult something like having a podcast is, having hundreds of episodes, writing books. You know, there, there's this thing that we have to step into as creators. What, what's that journey like for you now that you're on the other side of this? It's weird. Um, my so. You'll, you, you, this probably won't surprise you, but, you know, dealing with what I told you about before made me, it, and I was, I was always a shy, introverted, private person. And then doing, you know, dealing with working my way through those things made me even more so. Like I was, uh, I, I feel like most of the time I was a, a wonderful, um, team member, uh, a, a good employer. I cared about people. I, I was able to inspire people to a mission. I, you know, I, I did a lot of things that, or I, I did a lot of things. I think I had a good ability to connect with people, but only, I was only willing to share so much of me. So I could do the company thing fine. I could do, you know, all, all the, you know, the mission stuff, the, the development stuff, the, um, you know, giving people second, third and fourth chances. I could do all that really well, but inside I was only going to let you get to a certain point. Um, and after, after I sold my first business in 2015, Michael, I was looking at um, my life and I was looking at goals that I had set that I had never accomplished. And, and a few of the goals just to generalize them were about me expressing myself in a way that I hadn't either. I mean, I guess the kind thing to say is that I hadn't had the time to do, but the real thing to say is maybe that I hadn't had the courage to do or the confidence to do. And the first thing I, I started doing was writing, writing a blog. And, you know, I was, I was obsessing over these blogs and, you know, you think, well, to write a 500 word blog post, that's easy to take you 15 minutes or so. And it probably would. Um, but me, I, it, it would take, it would, it would take 15 minutes to write a draft. And then I would obsess over the draft for a couple of hours, you know? And I thought, and then I thought, well, Nobody even cares, you know, nobody can tell the difference between the draft and the, and what I finally put out. And I thought this is in my head, of course, I don't really know what people thought, but, 
Um, but as I was doing that, I, I was, I started listening to podcasts, which I had never done prior to like 2017. And I never even heard of a podcast, which I, I don't know. I don't know what that makes me sound like, but I hadn't heard of a podcast by then. And I started listening and I thought, huh, so this might be, this is like maybe right in my sweet spot because it's an opportunity. You know, I, I've always been curious. I've always been very comfortable and good having one-on-one conversations with people. It's when I get outside of that, that I start to feel a little bit weird. Now I was still very private when I started the, the podcast, but I thought, well, that's okay because I'm going to be exploring my curiosity with someone else. And so it doesn't really matter what, what I'm comfortable sharing. But as as I got into it and I started having these great conversations with other people, it started to make me think, well, boy, if they're will, if they're willing to come on and let me explore their story, you know, I, I need to give a little something to here because otherwise it's like an interview instead of a conversation. And I I do like you, you know, I have conversations with people. I don't do I don't consider what I do to be an interview. And I'd say that, you know, going down that path for, you know, a couple now, you know, almost 300 episodes and, and, and getting that book out and also having the freedom to meet and explore so many people, both inside the podcast and out, because I wasn't tied day to day to running this, this business. Um, really helped me to get my get my arms around the fact that one um whatever my experiences are um and i've like every person i've had a ton of them um some of them could be helpful to other people and i why sit on all of that why you know, lock that sort of value up inside of me. Why not, why not, why not share it? And then, um, you know, ultimately when I, when I wrote the book that just, I don't know, it just sort of like tore down the dam at that point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to stop backing up stuff. I'm going to take this sort of artificial wall out and i'm just going to let people know who i who i am and and not for me not 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 i jeez i mean that can come off like who cares who you are right but i not for me but for for them like you know i i my podcast, my my mission there is to inspire and activate the greatness that's inside of everyone listening. And I really believe that if, if my guest is sharing and I'm sharing, that encourages people listening to share. And it also encourages them to move past obstacles in their life because they look at me or they look at the guest and they go, well, geez, they look at you and they go, look at this guy. You know, he had to steal water from his neighbor, right? I mean, uh, and look where he is now. If that, if that kind of value and if that kind of sharing provides value to other people, then I'm going to do more of it. Now, if you just meet me somewhere, you know, I'm not going to be like, 
do you have a half hour? <laughs> Let me tell you all my, st I don't do that. Um, it, you know, but it, if in these kinds of situations, I, I, I feel like that's what we're here for is to provide as much value as we can to uh, people. And if my stories and experiences do that, then I want to, I want to do it. Yeah. And, and they matter. You know, someone said recently, you never know who's paying attention, you know, and I, right. I think that's, that's such a beautiful part of this human experience that we get to have together. Mike, this conversation's been incredible, my friend. Uh, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. Uh, the best place to find me and, and everything about me, my podcast, my book, my coaching, just everything I do, my investing is at uh, my website, which is my name, Mike Malatesta, M-A-L-A-T-E-S-T-A.com. Brilliant. And of course, we'll put the link in the show notes for The Unbroken Nation. Mike, my friend, my last question for you, what does it mean to you? to be unbroken? I love the question because to me, being unbroken means that I am a human being like everybody else. And um, I don't have something that I need to hide. And I don't, I also don't have something that makes me any better than anyone else. What I have is me. And what I can offer is me. And if that, so, so just having those two things makes me free. Like, I feel like I'm completely free. Um, and I'm also, um, you know, by, by doing the work that I do, I'm hoping that I can free other people. And to me, being free is being unbroken. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends, and until next time, be unbroken.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.